Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's edition of Heavy Metal History with me, Dalton A. Dale. I want to take a moment and just say thank you all for being patient and waiting with me while I work through some technical difficulties. Uh, I've been going through the process of trying to make this transition away from just video clips and move this thing into the podcast world. And let me just tell you, it was a little more than I bargained for. Um, had some really great ideas and going through the process, just had to simplify some things, but I am really excited to be back. I'm really excited to be getting to talk to you guys weekly about, uh, or I say weekly, uh, it'll probably be once every two to three weeks, I'll be putting out an episode. Um, you'll see some social media clips and I'll be putting out, this as a podcast. Uh, for those of you that are new, uh, my name is Dalton. I started this journey a little over a year ago. I was inspired by a book that I had read, Paddle Your Own Canoe. It's a book by Nick Offerman. I highly recommend it. Uh, I, somebody had given it to me and I've since passed that book on to somebody else. But uh, it's a book about Nick Offerman's life and in it, he talks about being fortunate enough to get to pursue his careers and his passions um, simultaneously. He, For those of you not familiar with Nick Offerman, he played Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec, uh, as well as many other characters, most notably and recently uh, in an episode or two of The Last of Us. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's beautiful. Um, he is an actor and he also owns a woodworking shop based in the LA area. And in the book, he talks about learning these things from a very early age, becoming interested in theater from a very early age, uh, working with set decorations and all of those things. And throughout the process of the book, he just talks about uh, finding his passion and then being able to make a living doing it. And it got me to thinking a lot about my life and where I'm at and um, you know, what am I passionate about? What do I want to pursue? What do I enjoy? You know, I have a day job, um, and I enjoy what I do, but it is not my passion. I'm, uh, I help manage inventory by day. Um, but I, I'm by no means necessarily passionate about managing inventory. I guess you could say I am to a degree, but you know, I wanted to find something that I could do outside of uh, a day job and pursue that as a passion. And around the same time, uh, my wife had got me the book, The Sound of the Beast, written by Ian Christie. Uh, Ian Christie is a very well-known music historian, uh, in particular metal music. Um, but in the book, he goes through and uh, very, you know, I would say in, in pretty good detail, talks through the history of heavy metal music. And I had started reading that and, uh, you know, in talking with my wife about all of this, I just, you know, I wanted to pursue something that I was passionate about and I wanted it to be something that uh, made sense for me. And, you know, out of everything that I do, by far, I spend the most money and time invested into music. It is easily my biggest passion. It has been since I can remember. Um, 
in particular, some form of metal music, uh, alternative music. You know, when I was in high school, that was bands like Under Oath and Emery, Norma Jean, The Chariot, um, you know, even getting into before that a little, you know, getting into Linkin Park and Slipknot, Korn, you know, those bands that kind of came up through early 2000s new metal. Um, and, you know, growing up, my dad listened to a lot of classic rock. Um, and, and, you know, now having talked with him about this process and, and everything that I'm doing, uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm listening to now and have covered in the last year is really stuff that I grew up listening to. And I, I, you know, honestly just didn't know. And there's the obvious stuff, you know, that I've covered Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and, uh, some of those bands that, you know, I remember growing up ACDC, you know, I remember those bands growing up, but there's a good chunk of this stuff that I've been able to talk with him about and engage with him on that, you know, these are bands that he's known and, and was intimately familiar with just by growing up in that time period. And so, um, anyways, just, I've always been a big music fan, um, up to now, you know, again, it's just what I spend the most time and energy into as far as a personal hobby. And so we started talking, my wife and I, about what I could pursue. And I have always liked the idea of a podcast, but um, initially her thought process was that I can be a little bit long-winded and I get a little bit sidetracked when I talk. I, anybody who knows me knows I no shortage of words uh, at any given point in time. And so her recommendation to me was to turn this into a TikTok video series. Um, it honestly, it was the best piece of advice I could have gotten from anybody at that point when I'm trying to develop this idea, because it taught me very early on, you know, with TikTok, there's just a very, you know, finite window of time that you have to be able to say what you want to say, uh, that's expanded and you can do a lot longer videos now. But you know, what I've found is that people definitely are more engaged or best digest this stuff in a few minute chunks if it's not something that they're listening to as a podcast. And so, uh, you know, when you're talking about a video that's five to seven minutes long, you've got to be really focused. And so it taught me very early on how to take all of these little segments of, of, of music, these little time periods in heavy metal history that I'm talking about and engaging on and talk about it in a very concise way in a very short amount of time. And it, it, again, easily the best piece of advice I could have gotten early on. So, you know, move forward through the last year and I've been posting videos out there on TikTok, um, on Facebook and my own personal social media and, um, have had pretty good success. Um, interestingly, the first TikTok video I ever posted, uh, is the first place that I'm admitting this, but I actually posted it on accident because I didn't know how TikTok worked and I thought I was saving it as a draft and then I accidentally published it and I woke up the next morning and it had some like a hundred views, nothing astronomical, but it was enough that I definitely sat and thought to myself, man, I posted a video on accident and I somehow managed to get a hundred views. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. So, you know, I continued to expand on that idea and crank through the book, The Sound of the Beast and reading through that and just trying to make my way through the history of heavy metal. As I mentioned, I've been a 
you know, music fan for my whole life. A big part of what I enjoy and what I've listened to now as an adult in very heavily inspired and influenced by what I grew up listening to with classic rock and old school heavy metal uh, into uh, as I got older, experimenting with, you know, alternative music of different kinds. Um, Being a 90s kid, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater came out 1998, 1999. That soundtrack, uh, I think for a lot of people my age revolutionized the type of music that I listen to because at that point then I'm hearing hardcore and punk and even, even hip hop artists that I had never heard before. But I remember, you know, early Tony Hawk's pro skaters, the first time, you know, everybody of course knows Goldfinger, Superman. Um, but you know, there's bands like Pennywise on there and, and all of these West coast punk and, and Northeast punk bands that, I don't think I ever would have been introduced to if it hadn't been for that, that video game and, and really skate culture as a whole became something that I got really invested into when I was in junior high, like late elementary, junior high, and even a little bit early high school. Um, hell now I, man, I'll sit and watch skate videos for hours. Um, I can barely stand on a board anymore, but, uh, you know, again, this is just, that's a culture that influenced the type of music that I listen to today. And, uh, I'll never forget, you know, hearing, uh, Mark of the Beast, uh, by Iron Maiden on there, you know, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 soundtrack, I think it was, um, you know, System of a Down, um, just, you know, again, all of these bands that were much heavier, than I was accustomed to listening to on a regular basis, easily heavier than most anything that I listened to from the radio. Um, but even some of this stuff was heavier than just what my dad had introduced me to. And, and so that just kind of sent me down that path and, you know, up to now, um, you know, going back to where we've been in the last year, it's just, it's been really fascinating to, to go down, the whole of, of trying to understand the roots of heavy metal, you know, now most of what I listen to is considered death core or metal core, um, in some capacity, post hardcore, um, even some metallic hardcore that tends to be more what I gravitate to these days, but hearing the roots of some of this stuff, going back to black Sabbath, which to catch some of you guys up, uh, I've got a lot of archive videos posted on the Facebook page. Um, which I guess brings me to my transition, right. Is moving this from a video series, um, taking this thing to a podcast. So uh, to make that a transition official, I'm rebranding away from just heavy metal history in my name to the Hevolution podcast, um, spelled heavy Lucian. Uh, it's, you know, obviously it's a play on words, the evolution of heavy metal music and just going to be discussing that, talking through that. I'm really hoping to get some friends on here and do some different, um, you know, co 
host podcasts. I've, I've got several friends who are as invested in music as I am. Um, and, and a few even that have way more knowledge on this old school stuff than I do. I say old school, that's kind of a generic way to say anything older than the, than the two thousands. But, uh, I've got some friends who definitely have a much broader understanding and more of a knowledge base and even more of a personal investment into the history of heavy metal than I do, where, you know, I'm very, you know, I'm learning a lot of this stuff for the first time. I I know some of the fundamentals and even going back in the last year, there's a lot of these bands that, you know, a lot of what I've listened to in the last year, I've heard songs or I'm familiar with, you know, the hits from those albums, but hearing some of it with fresh ears with what I am, you know, used to now, those sort of things. And then as well, hearing songs and tracks that, were really popular from those albums, but are not considered, they're not considered, they're not the songs that you hear all the time. Just a a good example of that would be going to Black Sabbath's Paranoid album, right? Everybody knows Iron Man, but there are other songs on that album that to me stand out so much more than Iron Man and, and musically to me are, are better you know, sonically and performance wise, but for whatever reason, that song, those songs just didn't, you know, they didn't stand out or they didn't gain as much popularity as a song like Iron Man. And so that's been really interesting to go back and listen to, you know, these bands and their, their albums and and especially their early albums. You can hear sort of the, how raw and unpolished some of this stuff was. And, and so much of that too, is just attributed to the recording style of the time, you know, Black Sabbath's first album was put out in, I want to say it was 1970. And, you know, at that point there's nothing digital, everything is analog. You know, most of these guys, they're playing their instruments in the room with everybody else there, or, you know, they're recording all together as a band and you just hear such a different sound. I've, I've said it on multiple of my videos, the bass tone that comes off of records in the seventies is just incredible. Even in the, into the early eighties, as you shift out of early black Sabbath era and 1970s proto metal into the new wave of British heavy metal, you start to hear a sound that um, puts more emphasis on guitar work um, than, than anything, you know, especially with bands like Judas Priest that come out and they doing these dual guitars, it's layered and very technical and speedy. Um, they just changed how they record and produce those albums, but it's been so interesting to listen to all of this stuff with what I listen to today and hear and understand and know the root of what the metal music I listen to today to hear what that's rooted in. Um, in a lot of what I listen to and especially in post hardcore is a lot of very high register singers and vocalists who are up in their tenor, you know, soprano range for vocals. And you go back to early heavy metal and it's all clean vocals. There's no harsh vocals and it's all really high register. I mean, Rob Halford, Paul Diano, Bruce Dickinson, 
you know, all of those guys were just known for singing in such a high register that it becomes sort of the trademark of early heavy metal music. And to, you know, step into that even a little bit, everybody wants to define heavy metal a little bit differently. Right now, in the last, I would say, five years or so, there's been a revival of uh, traditional heavy metal music is a good way to put it. It's the new wave of traditional heavy metal music. We're still kind of in that a little bit. Um, a friend of mine introduced me to band Summerlands. They're a great example. Um, they put out a new album in the last year or two. Uh, it is so, so good. And features such clean guitar work and instrumentals and the vocals are pure. Again, no harsh vocals. It's all singing and it is it is just such a phenomenal album. The bass work on it is incredible. It's it's just a it's a beautiful album. Um you know again, Summerlands, but and that's just one example. But, you know, we're in this era of new wave of traditional heavy metal music and that to me, you can go look that up, but that is um the album by Summerlands is Dream Killer. I had to look it up, but it go listen to it. It's so good. Um, but you know, the mark of heavy metal from the beginning was really clean vocals, faster pace, uh, instrumentals. And, um, there was a notable shift in the late seventies out of black Sabbath's first couple albums were still very bluesy. You know, Tony Iommi was really, um, really gifted and talented as a guitar player, but he was in, especially in the early seventies, every, everything that was coming out that was rock was really blues based. And so you hear a lot of minor scales in a lot of that music, but then you see the shift in the late, the late seventies and early eighties into more major chord progressions and scales. And I think that to me is when heavy metal really starts to find its sound and as its own genre, as its own thing, that everything sort of kind of branches out from Black Sabbath, where Black Sabbath introduced downtuned guitars by way of an accident to Tony Iommi's fingers. They introduce darker themes, you know, coming out of the 60s, everything was, you know, love and peace and kindness because of the war and the Cuban Missile Crisis and all of these things, right? And so you have Black Sabbath that comes around and go look at the Black Sabbath album cover. It's just dark and murky and scary. It's kind of your first introduction even to what I would call early doom metal um, or sludge metal uh, with how slow and you know chuggy some of the stuff is on those early albums. And then you get into, you know, the new wave of British heavy metal where you've got guys like, um, Judas Priest and, um, Def Leppard, Motorhead, Iron Maiden that put out some really phenomenal albums, Sad Wings of Destiny was, you know, mid to late seventies. 
uh, British Steel came out uh, right there. Uh, I want to say it was really close to 1980. Iron Maiden's first album features, you know, songs like Prowler, you know, Phantom of the Opera, um, and just the self-titled Iron Maiden track. And, you know, of course, Motorhead, everybody knows Motorhead. I mean, those guys were pushing the envelope right out of the gate with speed. This was early introduction in, during that new wave of British heavy metal. This is early introduction to speed metal. You know, Motorhead is often referred to as a band that can be respected by both the punk and the heavy metal community because of Lemmy and what that band was doing sonically at the time was just not common in the late seventies. You had this really big uprising of punk and it got really popular, especially in the States, um, the Ramones and, um, you know, a lot of those bands got really popular and, and, and Motorhead was out here kind of doing the punk thing, but with heavy metal roots, you know, Lemmy had come from the band Hawkwind, which was a seventies rock and roll band. And, you know, these, that trio just, you know, again, they were doing things sonically that most bands weren't doing at the time. The Filthy was his nickname, but the drummer from Motorhead often credited as being one of the first guys to really popularize double bass pedal. Um, would just spend hours in the studio with a double kick trying to perfect that sound and that style. And you kind of go into the, early eighties, even further. And you start to see how the new wave of British heavy metal is influencing rock and roll and heavy metal music in America. And then you've got bands like Van Halen and twisted sister, um, Ozzy Osbourne gets kicked out of black Sabbath. And so he, you know, moves to the States and starts his own, his own band, Ozzy Osbourne, um, quiet riot was another big one to come out of early American metal. And these are bands that I remember listening to growing up and radically changed the, the landscape of music in the United States. You're talking about rock and roll and disco just consumed pop music and pop culture and radio in the States. And then these bands come out and, you know, a lot of them are hearing by way of, you know, mixtapes and bootleg tapes and all of these things, all of these, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, bands from, you know, Europe are, are coming over and touring in America. And there's, these bands are selling out, you know, festivals and, and massive concert venues and American producers and record labels are starting to take note of this. And they're like, okay, we, we got to capitalize on this. You know, the punk scene had died off because punk in its roots was all about having, having no money, having nothing coming from nothing and being nothing. And then as those bands get popular, it's like, okay, well, you came from nothing, but now you have a lot of something. So what does punk music become, you know, and, and we will get into punk as it evolves down the road, but that died off very quickly and record labels were turning to bands in the LA scene and the New York music scene. Um, 
trying to find that next sound. And that's where early American metal comes in with those bands that I mentioned. And so anyways, um, that's where I've been and I'm going to continue on that journey. Uh, I'm going to keep trying to get the archive videos uploaded to the Evolution podcast, Facebook page. Um, please go find that, like it and follow along there. Um, I'm going to try to get all the past videos so you can get caught up there. Uh, go get the book. Um, again, sound of the beast by Ian Chrissy. Ian also has a radio show on Sirius XM. If you're a serious subscriber, um, I'm not sponsored by them or anything, but he has a show called bloody roots, uh, where he spends about an hour once a week. And he talks about a very specific time period in the history of heavy metal and plays music from multiple bands of, you can also find me on TikTok, the evolution podcast, uh, I believe is the username. If you just search evolution, you should be able to find me, but it'll be H E. A-V-Y Lucian. So heavy Lucian uh, at Evolution is the name on TikTok. Um, you can find uh, the entire catalog of every video I've done there. Um, and then, like I said, find me on Facebook. I'm going to get this uh, podcast uploaded. Hopefully it'll be anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Again, anywhere you listen to podcasts is where I hope you will be able to find this. So I'm really excited uh, to transition. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And um, as we move forward, uh, you know, again, coming out of early American heavy metal, next up, we're going to be visiting, or I guess I should say revisiting some of the classics, some bands that were um, big heavy hitters. Uh, in the late seventies and, you know, early, you know, new wave of British heavy metal bands, we're going to kind of see what they were doing in the early eighties. So, uh, new black Sabbath with Dio, um, some newer Iron Maiden albums, some ACDC, some, some bands like that. We're going to go revisit and listen to some of those. That's what's coming up next. And then we'll make our way into Metallica and the Metallica years, um, Really interested to get into that Metallica. For those of you that have been following along, Metallica is not one of my favorites. In fact, I've often held a lot of dislike for Metallica. I will say most recently the album that I covered was Metal Massacre Volume 1. It had hit the lights on it. That Metallica song was tolerable, so I will give them that. But uh Please like, share, subscribe, uh, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, ratings are really great for new podcasters. So if you could leave a five-star review, I would really appreciate it. Thank you all so much. I appreciate you. Have a great week. We will see you next time.